This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. QP versus the Ford government enters a new phase. We hear from the chair of Hamilton's Catholic School Board. Inflation plays a big part in Ottawa's latest fiscal update. Happy Hamilton Day! Playoff time for the Tiger Cats. And don't forget to change your clocks this weekend. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. My heart is heavy. I really am so disappointed in the government today. The union is just being greedy. 11% per year? Give me a break. You want to think about the children? Give them 7 to 8% raise each year for the next four years. Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin waking you up on a foggy Friday morning here in the city. In Toronto, there is a different kind of fog, and that is a labor dispute fog that has descended really across the provinces. 55,000 CUPE education workers are on the picket line today, including many at Queen's Park. And that's where we head now, where we are joined by Jason Chapman, producer at 640 Toronto, part of the Chorus Network. Uh, Jason, good morning. How are you? Hey, Rick. Great. I, I know it's supposed to, I'm supposed to be in the middle of everything, but is it too loud? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. Well, there's about, I would say, let's call it four to 500 people here now in the south lawn of Queen's Park. Uh, the fog's lifting right now in downtown Toronto, Rick. And I mean, if there's a day like we had earlier in the week where the fog is gone and it's 20 degrees out here, I imagine there will be thousands here by lunchtime. Uh, it's a vibrant, upbeat atmosphere right now. Obviously, this is day one of uh, the job action, the strike action being taken by uh, education workers across the province. But they're here, Rick. It's not just education workers here. There are members of the labor movement from all across the province gathering on the south lawn of Queen's Park. It's quite the scene right now. Are there any um, intimations in terms of whether this is going to continue throughout the weekend or is this going to be a one-day thing to start? Well, I've tried to talk to a number of people on the record this morning. Nobody. I think that they, every member here has been told not to say anything to the media because they they're not tipping their hand. I mean, we heard the president of uh, the Education Workers Union for uh, QP, Laura Walton, say that there is no end in sight for the strike. They aren't intending to make this just a one-day thing. And she's also on the record saying uh, it's not clear what the province would need to do for the strike to end. And so, Rick, to answer your question, no, nobody's really... I, I mean, there's a number of us from the media here on the lawn, and nobody is... Everybody's saying, I can't really say anything at this point. And I have a feeling it's because that's a really sensitive issue with parents, teachers, and, and the members here as well. How long will this go on? Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML live from Queen's Park this morning, Jason Chapman, producer with 640 Toronto. You mentioned the scene on the South Lawn is a vibrant one. We're asking our listeners how they're feeling this morning, whether they're angry, sad, indifferent. What are some of the feelings that you're kind of gleaning uh, from uh, the individuals who are protesting today? I get the sense that today is a day they felt they needed to stay out of 
the classrooms, out of the schools, out of the libraries. Um, that's what I get the sense of, Rick, is today, with the notwithstanding clause, the hammer that, that the Ford government has used as part of the back-to-work legislation that was passed yesterday, the, the, the notwithstanding clause literally taking away the, the right of these workers to, to bargain a contract through traditional means. Um, they needed to be here today, and I think that's why it's so upbeat. You know, er- earlier in the day, as a stupid thing I said to the people setting up around 6 o'clock this morning, who says, well, you're expecting to have fun today? And they sort of like, ugh. I'm like, yeah, dumb question to ask. I mean, I-, I-, I think this is a, you know, ultimately a contract has been legislated at Queen's Park, just behind me here yesterday, that, that I'm not sure, sh- you know, the workers are going to have to... Uh, Accept unless I, I'm not sure what happens to take that offer off the table now, Rick. So they feel like they had to be here today to protest that vote that took place at 5:30 yesterday afternoon. But again, on a long-term, moving forward basis, I, I don't know if you you feel the same jubilance come Monday. Jason, is there any um, information on whether the premier or the education minister are going to make some sort of statement today? Not a word, Rick. We haven't heard a word. We know the legislature won't sit today. Uh, the session has concluded. Uh, I, 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 I've been in all sorts of contact with our friends at Global News. There's no word on if they will speak today. I mean, they certainly haven't granted any of us any interviews, any interview requests this morning, as far as I know of, Rick. So, uh, you know, the protest is formally supposed to get underway here at Queen's Park at around 8 uh, it'll go until 3.30 this afternoon at Stephen Lecce's office in Vaughan. Uh, there's a protest already underway. I, I don't know. I, I don't see the win in the government speaking today. That's just a guess on my part. Jason, we'll have to leave it there. Appreciate your time. Stay safe down at Queen's Park. Will do. It's quite the scene. Thanks, Rick. That is Jason Chapman, producer with Sister Station 640 Toronto Live from Queen's Park as thousands are expected to descend on the provincial legislature today. As uh, you heard from Jason, about 500 or so already there. And with the temperatures reaching at about 18 today, being a sunny day, that will quickly get into the thousands as CUPE education workers try to make their statement and their voice heard on the south lawn of the legislature. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. If we do not act today with legislation, schools will close on Friday. And if we do not introduce this law today and pass it ahead of Thursday, QP will again be able to walk out of class with hours notice. That is Ontario Education Minister Stephen Lecce. Hamilton's Catholic School Board has closed schools today due to the now illegal work stoppage by CUPE's 55,000 education workers, while Hamilton's public board is staying open today. Many parents are asking, what gives? Why the difference? Pat Daly is the chairperson with the Hamilton-Wentworth Catholic District School Board and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Pat, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Rick, and good morning to you. Pat, how are you feeling today? Uh, extremely disappointed, for sure and regret very much the inconvenience that uh, this situation has caused to students, to parents, and to staff. And uh, 
uh, you know, we just wish there was a, a better way to resolve the differences. Can you explain why the local Catholic board is closed and the public board is open? Yes, Rick, I can. Great question. And you'll see it varies from school board to <clears throat> school board across the province. Uh, many boards have uh, done uh, similar to what we have done, closed schools to students. And for the most part, that's because the collective agreements varies from school board to school board and what union the uh, education workers belong to. So in our case, uh, oh, approximately 1,100 of our staff, uh, educational assistants, ECEs, clerical, professional sports, that's all, many, many uh, staff and in, you know, very important positions. And, you know, without their service, we just could not assure the safety and well-being of our students. And again, those boards uh, that uh, have uh, QP staff in large numbers uh, throughout the problems really have done similar to what we've done. Those boards that perhaps have other uh, unions representing their education workers were not in a similar situation. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Pat Daly, the chairperson of the Hamilton-Wentworth Catholic District School Board. Local Catholic schools closed today. Public schools here in Hamilton are open. What's being offered to Catholic school students today in terms of learning on this day? Yeah, we the our teachers, teachers and all other staff, uh, you know, are in school and uh, we'll be providing asynchronous learning uh, to our students and uh, be available to students uh, throughout the day. Uh, you know, if a student has a need to contact a teacher. Uh, so we're doing the best they can, and I know uh, our ded dedicated staff will be doing everything they can uh, to serve uh, our students. A number of the other uh, programs, record running, you know, as usual, our virtual school, our child care early on centers, community use of school or adult and continuing education. So those uh, programs that are not impacted by uh, lack of QP staff are operating as usual. Pat, if the QP strike continues on Monday, and I know that's a big if, um, and, and beyond, really beyond Monday, will local Catholic schools stay closed until those workers are back on the job? Can you reopen? Yeah, we are, the meetings taking place today in you know, our senior administration to continue to look at contingencies. Uh, at this point, I cannot assure parents, unfortunately, that uh, we will be open. Uh, clearly, uh, if we're not, uh, we would move uh, to synchronous learning, you know, as was the case, uh, you know, later on uh, in the pandemic. Uh, we're hopeful, very hopeful that uh, Schools will be open and uh, QP staff will be back in schools and the admin centers. But uh, those kind of discussions will take place today and tomorrow and we'll communicate with parents as quickly as possible. We've heard from many parents that a return to virtual learning is probably the last thing that they want to see. What have you heard from parents? Oh, similar things for sure. And uh, I, uh, our board of trustees and staff, senior staff completely understand why. Uh, clearly, students uh, and families and staff, the disruption has been enormous over the last two and a half years and really even before that. So you know, we understand completely uh, what you, what I and others are hearing from parents. And, uh, you know, we are as equally disappointed as they are and hopeful that children get what they deserve. And that's uh, uh, full in school learning. 
We have another minute with Hamilton Wentworth Catholic District School Board Chairperson Pat Daly here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. Students, as we know, are caught in the middle again. What is your message to local Catholic school students? Well, I guess our my message would be, uh, again, one of deep, deep regret. Uh, you know, I really believe strongly that we have to find ways to resolve differences. I don't in any way diminish the importance of the differences, but we have to find uh, different ways to resolve them so as not to impact uh, student learning and their safety and well-being. So I, again, regret uh, and wish very much that this was not the case and uh, hope that uh, come Monday we'll be back to normal. Mr. Daly, always appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and explaining the situation to uh, our local listeners here. Thank you, Rick. Take care. Pat Daly is the chairperson of the Hamilton-Wentworth Catholic District School Board again. Hamilton Catholic Schools closed today. There's just over a 1,000 QP workers in the local Catholic school system. Uh, so they've decided to shut the doors today, and who knows for how long. The Hamilton Public Board is open. They have about 500 QP workers uh, at the public board, so they have made the decision that they can open and operate in a safe manner. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. From 900 CHML. Finance Minister Christopher Freeland introducing some new tax credits for clean energy technology and a host of other measures in the latest uh, fiscal economic statement that uh, she unveiled yesterday. What else is included and how is it going to impact you and I and millions of other Canadians? Well, Philomena Tassi is going to fill us in. She is the Liberal MP for Hamilton West and Castor Dundas and Minister Responsible for the Federal Economic Development Agency for Southern Ontario. Ms. Tassie, welcome back to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Rick. How about you? Not too bad. What What would be the main takeaway from what Ms. Freeland had to present yesterday in the House of Commons? Well, I think that the focus of this government has been consistent throughout COVID and now looking beyond, and the, the fall economic statement confirms that. And really, it's about recognizing that um, we have to make life affordable for Canadians, but at the same time, we want to make investments that are going to lead to growth and really build an economy that works for all Canadians. And, and I think that, that uh, you see that clearly through the fall economic statement. In terms of inflation and where we are at right now, uh, I know this document is shaped by where we have been. How does it address inflation going forward? Well, I think throughout this, Rick, we've been clear that we know that it's a very difficult time for Canadians. You know, having to think about what groceries we're going to buy, making decisions. We don't want them to make decisions about, you know, paying the rent and buying food. And so we recognize it's a painful time, that there is a pinch on, which is why that we have implemented um, prior to and confirmed in the fall economic statement measures that are targeted to assist Canadians. So we look at things like enhancing the Canada workers' benefit. What the fall economic statement did is to increase this and to provide the payments quarterly instead of Canadians waiting for the end of the year because we know that the quicker that we can get money in the pockets, the better. So this, for example, is going to impact 3 million Canadians. Um, you've heard our government talk uh, continuously about cutting child care fees. I think this is very important. We recognize the, the cost of child care fees, so, uh, you know, cutting them by 50%. 
increasing the OAS for seniors 75 and over by 10%. This is going to impact 3 million Canadians, putting more money in the pockets of seniors. And, you know, a couple of measures more recently is a doubling of the GST credit. I think this is an extremely important one. And in fact, Rick, the checks start arriving today. This is going to help 11 million low-income Canadians who are going to receive that money in their bank or in their uh, mailboxes to assist them. And this is, this is going to go a long way. Um, so measures like this, and then, of course, the most recent ones, we did do a, a housing benefit, a Canada housing benefit for low-income earners, which is a $500 payment, and, of course, dental care for children. Um, we want Canadians to be able to take their children to the dentist if they need it. We know the preventative measures that this causes for health, the importance of ensuring that dental care is provided. So these are a number of the measures that are targeted, that are specifically helping Canadians through this very challenging time. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Philomena Tassi, Liberal MP, Hamilton West, Ancaster Dundas, and the Minister Responsible for the Federal Economic Development Agency for Southern Ontario. We've also heard yesterday from uh, um, uh, Finance Minister Christopher Freeland that there is a 36, I think it's $36.4 billion deficit for the current fiscal year, lower than what was actually anticipated, but uh, there's going to be a balanced budget years from now, I think 2027-2028, is that being aggressive? Is that being conservative in terms of balancing the budget? I think it's exactly hitting the right mark. And this is what I would say. Look, at, I, I know that it's really hard for Canadians and Hamiltonians, right, in, in terms of the expenses. But there's comfort in knowing that Canada has taken a responsible fiscal approach. In fact, we have a, um, a AAA credit rating We've got the strongest economic growth in the G7, and we have the lowest uh, uh, debt-to-deficit GDP ratio in the G7 countries. So what this does is to put in Canadians' minds that Canada is doing well. Having understood that and knowing that, we still think it's important to give the support to Canadians to get them to this, this uh, challenging time. It's exactly the same approach that we took through COVID that has got us to this point. And that was supporting Canadians, supporting seniors, supporting students, supporting businesses, while at the same time getting them the, uh, the vaccines, the rapid tests, the therapeutics, and all the PPE and all the supports they needed. The bottom line is that we believe in Canadians. We know that some targeted supports are necessary to get them through this, and we are going to continue to provide those supports. The other part, Rick, of the, of the fest that I want to talk about is really the jobs and growth piece, because and especially with my new role as a minister responsible for uh, a Fed Dead Southern Ontario, and that is we are making investments to help grow the economy. We believe in Canadians and the potential of Canadians. We look at the successes that are taking place in Hamilton. I look at the most recent announcement the federal government had made when the Prime Minister came to town to talk about the $400 million um, support that the federal government has given for our school middle of the household, most of it alone, to build, uh, to, to create green steel. This type of innovation and capability is here in Canada. And I am so proud it's here in our ambitious city, in my hometown of Hamilton. 
This makes us a world leader, and we have other opportunities to do that. So in fall economic statement, you will see things like the Canada Growth Fund that's actually going to attract billions of dollars in private sector investment because the government can't do it all. What we want to do is we want to harness the talent, we want to support that talent, and we want to attract that talent and investment to come to Canada. And so things like that with the Canadian Innovation and Investment Agency, two opportunities where there's a real focus to get innovation, to support that innovation, to get it happening here, to continue to harness the, the, the uh, capability, and really with a focus on um, greening. Like climate change is a serious uh, crisis that we are facing, and these investments have a special focused, uh, focused lens on trying to tap into innovation that is going to go across the board that is going to help us with our GHG emissions and um, and greening industry across the board. I'll jump in here because we are plumb out of time. Ms. Tassie, appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy your Friday. Thank you, Rick. You as well. That's Philomena Tassie, Liberal MP, Hamilton West, Ancaster Dundas, and the minister responsible for the Federal Economic Development Agency for Southern Ontario. After, we're going to celebrate Hamilton Day here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. If you are out and about tomorrow, if you're making weekend plans, there's one thing you must do tomorrow, and that is celebrate Hamilton Day. How to do that? Well, here to tell us is Katie Steele, Project Manager for Hamilton Day with the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. Katie, good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. Well, I guess this is Hamilton Day Eve. It is. It's the the day before, the foggy morning before, but it's going (laughs) to be a beautiful day tomorrow. So tell us what is happening tomorrow uh, throughout the city. Lots of exciting things are happening. So really tomorrow is the opportunity to get out there and either hop online or jump on or head out to your, to your local neighborhood and celebrate Hamilton Day, a day to celebrate local businesses and support small businesses here in our city. And there's so much happening. We have over, I think at this point, 500 businesses participating, which is fantastic. And they're through all areas of the city, all the way out from Waterdown to Stony Creek to the back of the mountain. We have eight different markets participating, and we have 11 BIAs participating. So there's lots of ways to explore all the amazing things we have going on in our city. Absolutely. What, what was your reaction to seeing the, uh, obviously, the exuberance of businesses to say, yeah, I want to get involved in this? It's so heartwarming to see. Um, and we revived Hamilton Day last year. So Hamilton Day actually dates back to the Great Depression. So our predecessors back in 1931 recognized the need to boost spirits and boost the economy, introduced a Hamilton Day. And we thought to ourselves last year, given there was so much synergy, and parallels between what was happening back then and happening in a post-COVID economic era, that we should try to revive it and bring it back. So we had such a positive response last year from the business community that we decided, let's make it an annual tradition, let's bring it back, let's make it the first Saturday in November, and that's why it's tomorrow. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Katie Steele, Project Manager for Hamilton Day with the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. Do we have any stats on what kind of economic activity was generated last year and, and perhaps what's expected this year? That's a great question. So last year was estimated that based on the amount of business participating and the buy-in we had from the local community and the, all the education that happened around the importance of shopping locally, it's estimated that it resulted in millions of dollars for our economy. 
So given the increase in businesses we have this year and the variety we have taking part and the enthusiasm we have from Hamiltonians, we have no doubt it's going to have the same economic impact, if not more, going forward. There was, uh, obviously, there's one big difference this year compared to last year. Last year, we had the, you know, the supply chain issues, and those are still, you know, a factor in, in certain respects. But this year, it's high inflation. Given that, how important is a day like Hamilton Day to support local business with inflation where it is? Oh, it's greatly important because every dollar you spend here stays here. So it's a way to really get out there, support those local retailers that are still having troubles, like you said, with inflation and with supply chain issues that obviously still exist here. So it's a great way to show some love, show some support, and also explore what's happening in your backyard. We've had so many businesses emerge over the past year, and they're offering such great things. So it's a great opportunity to bring a family, bring a friend, and really just explore uh, what's here in our backyard today. And, uh, you know, these hundreds of businesses are not just inviting Hamiltonians into their stores. We're inviting everyone from around the area to come on into Hamilton and celebrate and, and shop here. We are. So if you have contacts that are outside the city, definitely encourage them to hop on board. Uh, we have a partnership with Metrolink. So if you take advantage of their $10 day pass, you can get to Hamilton for $10, which is fantastic. So that's all throughout the GTA. Uh, so we would encourage anyone who is interested about, you know, seeing what Hamilton has to offer, exploring the great things we have, tomorrow's the day to do it. What about sharing this on social media? Is there a certain hashtag that we're all supposed to be using tomorrow? Well, social media is a great way to, to further find out what's happening. We do have an online map that shows where all the businesses are at hamiltonday.ca. But if you jump on board to Instagram or Facebook, you can follow us at Hamilton Day Official. And if you jump on board to Twitter, it's Hamilton Day underscore yes. So lots of great activities happening. Businesses are posting frequently in terms of what they're offering that day, the fun activations or activities or discounts they're willing to give, and what the community is doing as well in response. Um, so lots of great activity happening. Be sure to follow, and you can also tag us at Hamilton Day 2022. My guess is there's a pretty cool buzz going around the local business community as this day approaches that, you know, Christmas is on the way. Uh, you know, the, the, the Christmas shopping season's kind of been extended because of the inflationary. What is the buzz among business owners about this event? They're excited. They're the reason we brought this back. Um, so they're anxious to, to open their doors, get online, show you what they have to offer. There are so many things happening in terms of businesses offering discounts, offering special day promotions, offering to come to our store on this day. We're going to do something special. Um, so they, they definitely have a buzz around them. They're so excited to get involved, and we're excited to see what they do. It's going to be an exciting day, and it all happens tomorrow. It is Hamilton Day. Katie, thanks for your time, and enjoy the day tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks so much. Katie Steele is a project manager for Hamilton Day and Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. And this is going to be an exciting event. I'll be around town checking out the different shops. I, I like a day like this because, you know, you if you're like me, you have your usual stores that you go to. But a day like this is, you know what, I'll, I'll check out some new things. So whether it's on Concession Street, which I usually visit anyways. I was at Mountain Tire the other day getting my tires rotated. That's a great local store. Uh, check out something new. Yeah, spend some uh, some dollars at um, a, a local business and shop local and help support the local economy. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Jane Evans throws to the got end it. zone. Touchdown! Tiger Cats, Tim White, and the Tiger Cats lead with 11 seconds to go. 
Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick waking you up on a Friday morning. It is a big game on Sundays. We all know the Tiger Cats, the Alouettes. It is the CFL's Eastern Division semifinal with a winner moving on to the Eastern Final in Toronto at BMO Field a week later. What is going to happen on Sunday? Well, let's ask one of the individuals who will be calling the game. That is RJ Broadhead, the play-by-play voice on the Ticats Audio network rj good morning how are you hey, good morning rick i'm great i'm excited i can't wait for sun i don't know about you but you know we know that some players get the jitters or the butterflies or really get amped up for a game as a broadcaster i was the same do you kind of feel those butterflies too yeah i i think there is that excitement for sure i, I the beauty of of the play-by-play role is i I'll try to enhance the game. I can't control what happens on the field, although there are some emotions involved. But, yeah, I'll definitely be excited and amped up. And it's, hey, finally we get the the must win that, uh, you know, none of the tie catch players would talk about or coaches would talk about all season long. But they have to win on Sunday, and, and I like their chances going in, Rick. Yeah, they're the hottest team in the CFL, and there's no argument here because they've won four in a row, five of the last six. This looks like a team that is peaking at the right time. Absolutely, and you break the season into thirds. Pretty interesting. Five and one in the final six games. So they lost their first four games, and and I, I listened to you on, on the fifth quarter, Rick, and you're you're very calm and composed, and I get the emotion of the fans, and Throughout the season, there were some firings if the fans had their way. There were probably some trades, but the team just stayed with it, never wavered. And after losing the first four games, they win their final four games, which is if if you could pick, you'd sooner win going into the playoffs. So, so much on the line for the Tiger Cats. They didn't have a lot of uh, room to spare before starting to play much better. But those final six games, I think, are the Tiger Cats we expected, the fans expected, and the team expected. And I don't think Montreal is super excited that Hamilton's playing so well right now. Ticats were 1-2 and two in the regular season against Montreal. What do you glean from Hamilton's three games against the Owls this season? Three games that pretty much all three went down to the wire. Yeah, they were all one-score games. Pretty interesting when you look back. In the first game, Hamilton won by seven. That was at Tim Hortons Field. But you remember Trevor Harris... He had the, the Alouettes on the move, and Stavros Katz and Tonis got a roughing the passer penalty. It moved the Alouettes even closer. It didn't look good for the Tiger Cats. And then the injury spotter pulled Trevor Harris out. Dominic Davis, who had thrown two passes, came in, and he threw an interception on that last play of the game. Cam Kelly picked it off. Then in the second game, that was the Matt Schiltz game. Returning to Montreal, he was excellent. The Tiger Cats actually led by two on the final play of the game, and David Cote hit a 48-yard field goal to win by a point. A 48-yarder isn't a gimme. And then the third game, Montreal won by seven, and that was Hamilton starting to come back late in the game. And Keandre Smith, the rookie, trying to make something happen, wound up fumbling, and then Montreal was able to recover that football and and not give it back to the Tiger Cats to try to make a comeback. So we know... From those three games, that Sunday is going to be really exciting, likely very close, and it's going to be a, a real special teams challenge. Tiger Cats special teams tackling was excellent, but Chandler Worthy is very, very good, and he will challenge this special teams 
tackling, and they'll have to be good. Otherwise, Montreal is going to have really good field position. So that's something I'll be watching for the game. Weather forecast in Montreal on Sunday, rainy and mild. The high is going to be about 19 or 20. What kind of factor do you think the weather is going to have on Sunday? I'm going to steal one from Coach O here, Rick. Uncontrollable factor. <laughs> he'll say, <laughs> he'll say, hey, raining, great. Sunny, great. Windy, great. Snowing, great. Whatever it is, it's the same for both teams. And and I, I think uh, a positive, if it is a little bit wet out there, is um, you know the running game has been much better for the Tiger Cats. The offensive line has been shored up. Brandon Revenberg, solid again. One of the best. In the league, of course, the East nominee for most outstanding offensive linemen. But David Beard's come in at center and really solidified that that whole group. And and we'll see who the, the running backs are. Sean Thomas Erlington led the team in rushing the last two games. Wes Hills led the team in the season. Will Don Jackson be back? We'll wait until we, we get the, the official depth chart. But the running game is is much better. So... Whatever the conditions, I think the Tiger Cats are in pretty good shape. And, of course, with 2,000-yard receivers in Tim White and Stephen Dunbar. And we'll see what quarterback. We'll probably see a couple of quarterbacks, that would be my guess. R.J. Broadhead is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. R.J. is the voice of the Ticats Audio Network, play-by-play announcer. You can hear Sunday's game starting with the pregame show at noon here on CHML. Kickoff is at 1. The fifth quarter will hit the airwaves half an hour after the game ends. Last one for you, we've got about a minute. 11 Tiger Cats named Eastern All-Stars, most in the division, which is pretty odd for a third-place team. What does that say about this club? I, I think the record is not accurate of how good the team is. So I think that's the biggest indication. And and to do a comparison with Hamilton to Montreal on offense, Hamilton, Tim White, Stephen Dunbar, Brandon Revenberg, three All-Stars. Montreal had two. Eugene Lewis, Ticats fans know what he's done against the, the, the Tiger Cats, and Landon Rice, offensive lineman. But the defense is where it really stands out. Hamilton, seven All-Stars. Montreal, just one. So we know Hamilton's defense has been a strength all season long. They'll have to be great again, and they were rewarded with a lot of all-star nominations. So that's what it says most in the division because that record was not definitive of who the Tiger Cats really are, and I think we're seeing the real Tiger Cats heading into the playoffs. RJ, thanks for the time. Have a fantastic call on Sunday. Thanks, Rick. That's I'm looking forward to it. That's RJ Broadhead, play-by-play announcer, Ticats Audio Network. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, we are going to gain an hour of sleep this weekend as we fall back from daylight saving time to standard time. Are we ever going to ditch the semi-annual time change tradition? And, and maybe more importantly, should we? Joseph DeConnick is a professor emeritus in the School of Psychology at the University of Ottawa, the preeminent voice on sleep in this nation. Joseph, good morning. Thanks for the uh, time this morning. My pleasure. We've been debating for years now over whether or not we should continue flipping our clocks back and forth throughout the year. Where do you stand on this? Well, um, all of my colleagues and uh, specialists in sleep and uh, many, many medical professions, including, including cardiologists and so on, they all all for abandoning this uh, time change, as well as I think the population in general, because it's uh, whatever is just one hour, but it's enough to disrupt activities in both cases, but particularly in the spring. <clears throat> So we do recommend to uh, 
move uh, move on and uh, go back to standard time uh, a year around. We've so, uh, uh, we've heard very. We've heard various stories, sorry to interrupt, but we've heard various stories throughout the years about how this time change throws off our circadian rhythm, that internal clock. Why does it take us so long to reset that clock? Well, it's, it's because it's very, very precise, you see, and it's set by light in the morning, okay? So uh, if we were to live in a cavern, okay, and with no notions what what happened, is that our biological clock is not of 24 hours. It's a little more than that. So it has to, the way it's built, <laughs> that it has to be reset every day with morning light, okay? And uh, the it regulates uh, our, our hormones, everything, our appetite, it regulates everything <clears throat> quite precisely. You can see that in animals when we do change uh, times, they, they get all mixed up at the, you know, because of change of time just uh, for their, their meal and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's all, uh, all the animals have the same thing. We're all dependent on, on, on light, okay? So that's, that's the idea. The problem that we have uh, that in, in addition to just changing is that Daylight saving does uh, present a health problem because in the spring we ha- we lose an hour of sleep, but then it, it, we're moving light towards the evening. And one problem in English is that it's called daylight saving time. And most people think that it, uh, we're gaining an hour of, uh, of light uh, in the day. That's not the case. We're moving light towards the evening. So what happens is that in addition to having uh, some sleep deprivation imposed on us in the spring, it goes on during the summer because it's, it, it, the light comes up later and later, later in, in the summer, so that we tend to go to bed later. And the average uh, human, uh, in, in our case, uh, we, uh, we lose half an hour uh, of sleep typically throughout the summer and then we get back in the in the fall and then thanks thanks uh, for for going back to standard time if we were to stay with daylight saving time which is recommended actually in ontario without consulting uh, researchers and uh, and uh, specialists uh, ontario has voted to go to <coughs> to standard time, thinking that we're gaining time and uh, light and that it would be better for this and that. But the problem is that if we were, as you see now, the, the sunlight rises at, uh, sun rises at 7.30 in the morning. If we were to stay with this uh, uh, daylight saving time in December, the, the sun would rise after 8 o'clock. So most of us would be going to work in the dark, mm-hmm. so that and that has a real problem on at school. The kids, who's, some schools start at eight eight in the morning, so people would be uh, everywhere that they start. They tried that even in the U.S. They're forgetting that, but in the U.S. they tried it in the seventies <coughs> for a year, <coughs> and it was a disaster. So uh, everybody uh, complained. We we haven't seen that. So that's the idea. Is that. Uh, we should go back to standard time, which is perfect synchrony of light with our biological clock. 
Sounds like a good plan to me. Joseph DeConnick, really appreciate your time today. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. That is Joseph DeConnick. He is a professor emeritus in the School of Psychology at the University of Ottawa. Some uh, tips to prepare for the time change. You can uh, sleep a little longer each night if you can. That'll fuel your body with uh, you know, the, the rest and the energy it needs to take on the next day. And if you really need some help, there's lots of online uh, therapy sessions and counseling sessions you can dip into or contact your family physician to get a little bit more help. i got to say this, the SAYA family of Hamilton is in the last round of the Michael Bublé Derek Huff Higher Dance Competition. We chatted with them on Wednesday. Jareen, Jonathan, Malia, Jack, go online and give them your vote. The voting ends at 7 tonight. Up for grabs for the SAYA family, a trip to L.A., some FaceTime with Buble and Huff. Uh, they're trying to get into the top five or stay in the top five to have a chance of winning. You can vote at challenges.gig.com. That's challenges.gigg.com. Let's get the Saya family from Hamilton in the final round of that Buble Huff dance competition. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.